Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado, and our website is pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. Today, we're going to talk about an important subject matter that I believe each and every one of us has dealt with. It's offense. How many people are walking around offended, just ready to pounce on you? Have you seen this on social media? It's playing out in our society. But there are ways to avoid being offended. In fact, the Bible tells us to focus on what's pure and what's holy and what's righteous and be about the business of the Lord. So as Christians, we have to avoid being offended. And we're going to talk about how we can do that today. So thank you for tuning in. Let's get into the message. Well, I'm excited to talk about this uh, particular subject matter today because it's something that I see just about everywhere. I know you've probably seen it too. People are offended. They're so quick to be offended. Have you seen this? How do we avoid what I call the spirit of offense? Because I think there's a lot of people just looking for something to be angry about. They want to blame you for all the wrongs in their life. But yet we know this is not what God has for us. It's not what God has for them. He wants us to be focused on what's pure, what's righteous, what's holy. He wants us to walk around with a peace that passes understanding. He wants us to have that joy unspeakable. He wants us to be thriving even in the middle of the craziness in today's world. Now, I understand there's a lot of stress, and I think that's a a big reason, a big factor as to why so many people are walking around offended because people are carrying a lot of weight, a lot of burden, You know, uh, inflation has just been rapid lately. You know, we're seeing, I mean, my wife and I, when we go to the store and the grocery store, we're noticing our bill is much more than it used to be. Gas prices have gone up. Everything's gone up. The cost of living. It seems like today's world is very, very stressful compared to how it was even just a few years ago. And so many people are internalizing this instead of laying it at the foot of the cross. I really believe God wants believers in this time to really learn how to trust in him to lean on him. In fact, I think of the scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. Well, I really believe God wants to direct our path. In fact, he's the potter and we're the clay. Uh, We need to be growing and going deeper in every season. And we can't get so worried and concerned about what's happening in the world around us, even though there's a lot of egregious things happening. Now, this doesn't mean that I advocate for not being involved. I think that the Bible is pretty clear about that. It says, occupy until he comes. We're meant to be the head and not the tail. We're meant to be astute spiritually. Uh, I often talk about an Issachar anointing, which is people that can understand and discern the times and the hour that we're in. We're called to be watchmen on the wall. So all these things are good, and we definitely shouldn't withdraw and just go into some cave somewhere and wait to be raptured out here. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. In fact, he wants us to be the salt and the light. We're the resistance uh, from a spiritual standpoint. And the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. So it's important that we're spiritually astute. It's important that we know what's going on. It's important that we understand the times and we discern the times. But it's also very important that we understand how to lay down our burdens at the foot of the cross. And so this is what I believe this season is. You know, it's a very interesting time. I kind of say it's like the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. I mean, you just look at the headlines for a few minutes and you get really down because there's so many bad things going on. I'm Only a few years ago, there would be maybe like a big story, 
you know, every week or something like that. Now the news cycle is so fast. There's so many things going on. It's almost overwhelming. And I think that this is a real telltale sign of the lateness of the hour. Now, of course, many people ask me, they say, Pastor Todd, do you think we're in the tribulation? I don't think we're in the tribulation yet, but I do think we're in the birth pangs. I do think we're in the beginning of the sorrows. And we're seeing that, you know, there's a rise in what I call the spirit of antichrist in our world. I mean, uh, have you seen the uptick in persecution against Christians? And have you seen that all of a sudden they want, you know, they just want to take God out of everything. And this isn't really something that just started. This has been going on for a while, but it's really escalated to the point that now it's almost like an open hostility, even in the West against believers in Jesus Christ. God said all these things would happen. He told us these things would happen. In fact, in Proverbs nineteen eleven, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. In Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. In Ecclesiastes 7, 21 through 22, it says, Do not take heart in all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. And then in the New Testament, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So I just read a few scriptures there about offense. How does that have anything to do with the lateness of the hour, Pastor Todd? Well, because I believe more and more people are going to be offended because this is a tool that the enemy uses against believers. It's kind of uh, co-joined with the uh, accusation, which the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Well, if somebody's offense, you know, walking in offense, they're, they're more apt to probably accuse you of something. In fact, as a pastor, I have this happen quite a bit. People are always you know, trying to accuse me of this or that. You know, what I find is that sometimes some of the people you've helped the most end up being the people that are the most angry with you. They just, for some reason, are just angry with you. Or uh, a lot of times people will try to blame you for all their problems, all their troubles. Why are they blaming me? I have nothing to do with your problems. But because, you know, you're a willing vessel or maybe you've attempted to form a relationship with them or you've attempted to share the gospel of Jesus or you've been kind to them. So they think, okay, you know, there's something psychologically, and I believe it's spiritual, that they they then say, well, I'm going to just blame this person for every bad thing in my life because, hey, it's somebody to blame. So we have to understand that Satan is the accuser. The, the word of God tells us that we're going to be accused and people walking around offended and in offense they're not in the spirit of God. What are the what are the fruits of the spirit, right? Well, let's go to that. What are the fruits of the spirit? The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are the things that Christ says, you know, if you if you walk in these things, you're going to be known by your fruit. You're going to be known as a believer in Jesus. There's a lot of people that have no self-control, even in the church. There's a lot of people that are not kind. There's a lot of people that are very impatient. There's a lot of people that are walking around, not in joy or love or in peace, but they're tormented. And some of these people may even be saved, may even be Christians. Do you know anybody like that, that is a believer in Christ, but hasn't understood, you know, the, the importance of, of seeking the Lord each day in prayer, 
dying to our flesh daily, as the Bible says, and understanding and walking in the fruit of the Spirit. So this is why it's important that you know we, we understand these things, because God wants us to be known by our fruit. We're known by our love. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy mind and thy soul. And what's the second that's like the first? To love thy neighbor. In fact, the Bible even says, love thy enemy. That's crazy sometimes for us. How do we love our enemy? Oh, that's so hard. I, you know, I was, uh, when I was younger, you know, I, I, one of my testimony, my biggest testimony in life is other than being saved, and this is, you know, part of the reason why I got saved, was because I was, I was stabbed nine times in Los Angeles. One of them was in the heart. And, uh, you know, the person that stabbed me ended up picking me up and putting me in my vehicle and driving me to the hospital in Granada Hills, California. How crazy is that? The guy that stabbed me, I was walking through an apartment complex in Granada Hills and this man stabbed me. And uh, people say, well, why? Well, I mean, you know, I was, I was in, in the beginning infancy stages of my walk, getting to know Jesus. And I had recently been saved in Hawaii, but you know, I had gone back to my vomit. I went back to go and hang out with somebody that I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with. And I'm walking through this apartment complex. And this is when this man stabbed me with a kitchen knife. It was crazy. I mean, when I tell people that they're like, what? You were stabbed with a kitchen knife nine times, one in the heart? Yep. And that's when I had my Damascus Road encounter because on the way to the hospital, when this man that had stabbed me was driving me to the hospital, I went into the presence of the Lord and the Lord gave me an opportunity. He said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, well, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, then you got to do two things. You got to tell people that I'm real and you got to be sold out for me and on fire for the rest of your life. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll do that. It was kind of like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, when I was in the presence of the most high, you know, uh, Isaiah chapter six talks about, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And what did Isaiah say at the end of that experience? All he really could say was send me, send me. What else are you going to say when you're in the presence of the most high God? Send me Lord, I'll go. And that's what I felt like when I saw the, you know, the presence and the glory of the Lord. And, you know, when I had basically died on the way to the hospital. And so the Lord gave me a second chance. And that's many, many years ago now. And I've been in the ministry for many, many years, about 24 years now. And uh, it's amazing what God has done in turning what was meant for evil around for good. Now, I could have been super offended, and I had to make a choice somewhere along the way there to not only not be angry about what happened to me, but also to forgive the man that stabbed me. And that's one of the most difficult things that I probably have ever had to do in my life is to forgive this man. But I knew that's what the word of God said. And when I did that, there was a release of something that happened in my life. I believe the Lord increased the anointing and the calling on my life because I was willing to, to forgive and willing to walk forward in my call. Now, I know that there was a defining moment there where I could have spiraled out of control. I could have instead been offended and said, God, I had just given my life to you. I had walked out of Hollywood, walked out of my old lifestyle, and, and here I am trying to serve you, and then you let me get stabbed nine times? I could have been really bitter. I could have been really offended. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody else here because I'm not. I'm just saying that God gave me an opportunity, just like he's giving all of us an opportunity to either be bitter or angry about our circumstances or to say, you know what? For whatever reason, Lord, I know you allowed this to happen. Now, I know I'm speaking to somebody out there today because maybe you had a sudden divorce, sudden job loss. Maybe you got sick or something happened to you in your life. You lost a child and you're like, Lord, how, how did this happen? Why did you let this happen? And a lot of people think that if I get angry with God 
or if I, if I, you know, go and just start being bitter and angry that this is going to do something. It doesn't do anything. The only thing it does is hold you back because God is waiting on us. He's a good God. And, and everything that comes from God is good. Now, unfortunately, we're in a fallen world and Satan is the prince of the power of air. It's a fallen world. And so unfortunately, there are bad things that do happen to good people. But here's what God says. He says he will turn around what was meant for evil and he will use it for his glory. And so he wants us to, to, to basically say yes to the call. He wants us to step up and make a decision as a free will individual and say, Lord, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why this, this whole thing happened, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you praise anyway. I'm going to give you glory anyway, because I know that the plans for my life, like you say in Jeremiah, are hope and a future, that the promise for my life is yes and amen. I am not going to be uh, you know, just a bitter, angry person because of the circumstance. I know that somehow you're going to turn this thing around. And that's what he did in my life. He turned around a situation that could have been catastrophic and instead used it to get me saved, set free, healed, and delivered. And eventually there was tremendous fruit from that because, you know, now I'm in the ministry and God has just done so many things over the years. And it's not just about the ministry. It's about everything. He, he created in me a clean heart. He renewed a right spirit. But this is because I was willing to say yes to the call. And, and there's another thing that's very important, the call and the anointing. We have to guard the anointing. How do we guard the anointing? Well, you know, the Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. We are in a world that is full of bondage. We're in a world that needs the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. God wants us to utilize what he's given us, the Holy Spirit, which indwells in us, because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, indwells in us, and we are able to then go out. There's a Greek word that's used in the Great Commission to go out. It's called ekbalo, and what it means is go out, cast out, and drive out, and that's what Christians are meant to do. We're meant to go out, we're meant to cast out, and we're meant to drive out, so that when we enter the room, the atmosphere shifts. So we can't be a victim of our circumstance. We have to be overcomers and know that we're not victims. We actually walk in victory. Now, if we embrace who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ as victorious people, a people that have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, a people that have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, a people that have God's favor and blessing on our life, think about this, then we're not going to be offended. But if we focus on the things that the enemy is doing, to try to distract us, to try to pull from our call, to try to pull us away from, our, from, from the anointing of the Holy Spirit, pull us away from our prayer time, pull us away from being people that are joyful, pull us away, you know, make us focus on the situation that's happening in this world right now instead of focusing on God. That's why he tells us, focus on what's pure, focus on what's holy. These are the things that you should focus on. Don't focus on the things of this world. The things of this world are passing away. Now, it's easy for us as a spiritually astute people as people that are watchmen on the wall, as people that are walking around in the Issachar anointing, understanding and discerning the times, it's very simple for us to get distracted and to get totally consumed by the things of this world. Has it happened to me? Absolutely. It's happened to all of us because the world can be overwhelming. And this is why I really believe God is showing us in this season, look, this is where you're going to have to learn, like Paul, to encourage yourself in Christ. We have to encourage ourselves in Christ. How do we do this? Well, faith comes from what? From hearing. Hearing from what? The word of God. So we got to get into the word. We got to know the word. We got to love the word. 
We got to be a people of prayer. We got to be people that seek the face of the Lord. What does the Bible say? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. He wants us to seek his face. He wants us to, to have that intimacy, that time with him in the secret place of the most high. He wants us to be able to, to, to draw near to him, to get the, the power that's available to us by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be offended. Now, here's where a lot of the offense comes from. A lot of the offense comes from things that have happened. Again, you know, maybe you were molested as a child. I want you to know as a pastor, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that have gone through that. I'm not trying to make light of it. It's a horrible thing. But has it happened to a lot of people? It has. Maybe you had several abortions. You know, you hear pastors and churches talking against abortion, or at least we should be. But yet, you know, you had a couple. I want you to know that, listen, that the minute that you repent of that, it's in the sea of forgetfulness. Who did Jesus hang with? He hung with a prostitute. He hung with, you know, the worst of the worst people out there. He came for the sinner. So he saved a wretch like me. I was totally messed up in the world. Totally messed up. You know, people look at me now and they think, oh, you're like holy and you're, you know, and I am because the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. He has sanctified me, has washed me by the blood of the lamb. Thank you, Jesus. But I just want you to know I'm no better than you. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners in need of a savior. But if we hold on to the bad things, the negative things that have happened, we blame God. The only person that we're hurting, other than those around us, of course, is we're hurting ourselves the most. Unforgiveness? Yeah, you think you're hurting the person that did something to you? Actually, you're hurting yourself even worse. You're holding odd in your heart? That actually ends up manifesting as sickness. It actually manifests as something else. We have to just forgive. Love even thy enemies. How do you do that? You got to find the heart of God. And that's where that scripture creating me a clean heart comes in. You know, we got to get in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I honestly don't think I have the strength to forgive this person, but I know in you, you can give me the strength. When I am weak, he is strong. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength. Give me the endurance. Give me the stick to Give me the understanding uh, of your Holy Spirit, that the unction, the, the, the way that I can walk forward. Give me divine uh, understanding and strategy, Lord God. And that comes through prayer and from being in the word of God. A lot of people are running to and fro. They want a word. Everybody wants a word. You notice that? And it's not bad. It's not bad to get a word. I mean, sometimes people do have a word. Even for me, they, they send me a word. And I'm like, ah, this is a good word. I, I, it bears witness in my spirit. But you know what? If you really want a word every day, the best advice I can give you is go into prayer and go into the word of God because the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It's living. The word of God is living and, and you're going to get something new every time you get into it. I'm telling you, I've read through the Bible a few times, but every time I get into the Bible, I get something new. I get something fresh because it's living. It's, I call it the basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible is, is like the manual. Imagine when you were in high school, if you had all the answers to the tests or in college, that's what the Bible is. It's, it's the instruction manual. All the answers are in there. How cool is that? God is, has set us up for success in this world. He doesn't want us to be offended. So, so how do we avoid this? Well, if we feel that bubbling up in our spirit, we've got to cast it down. You know, the Bible even talks about vain imaginations, you know, but we got to cast down the things that are unpure. We, we go back to the fruit of the spirit. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
That's the fruit. That's what we want to exude as believers in Christ. So if the offense starts coming up, if you start getting angry about something that happened or somebody that did something to you, and, and you want to you want to, to you know do something to them, hey, I got to get them back. No, you don't. In fact, the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He is our defense. We shall not be moved. You know how many times somebody did me wrong and I wanted so bad? Listen, I'm Italian, okay? My family's from New York. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, you know, three generations ago, they were basically mafiotic, okay? I'm, I'm not even kidding with you. And so, you know, it, there's that in me that I, I want to get people back. You know, I want to do something. Like when I got stabbed, I had uncles calling me like, hey, you want me to come out to California? I'll take care of that person. You know, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this is a true story. And it was tempting. It was tempting for me. But you know what? I'm glad I, I said no, because God is my defense. He is the one that takes care of things. I didn't need anybody to do anything for me because God was going to do it. And listen, if that man that stabbed me ended up repenting, God's even going to forgive him. And I need to forgive him too. That's so hard. I can't be offended about what happened because you know what? I'm alive. I'm healthy. God has given me a second chance in life. He used that whole thing. He used it for his glory. He ended up birthing a ministry out of it. So many people now, because of what happened, that horrible thing that happened, there's lives, souls, people that have been saved because I said yes to the calling, because of the anointing and the calling and saying yes and showing up like Isaiah, send me, Lord. So whatever that bad thing that happened to you, don't internalize it so that you get sick over it. Don't let it be a, you know, a thorn in your side for the rest of your life. Cast it down. Somebody said something about you, cast it down. They spoke, oh, you're never going to succeed. Oh, you're ugly. Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're, you're too old. You're, you're this, you're that. Those words are not from the Lord. Those words are from the enemy. Cast them down. Let them fall to the ground. That's not who I am in Christ. God, you told me who I am. You made me fearfully and wonderfully for a time as this. You said that you have great plans ahead of me. You've called me. Many are called, but few are chosen. The Lord has, has called you. If you're listening to this broadcast today, I don't think it's a mistake. God has a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life. He wants to use you. And even in this crazy time, he wants to anoint you and give you favor and blessing. Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not of this world. We are citizens of heaven. If we're a believer in Jesus Christ, we're a citizen of heaven. And we're called here to occupy, to go out, to cast out, to drive out, to be about the great commission of the Lord, which is to go and to make disciples of all the nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be victims. We don't have to succumb to the, the madness of this hour. We can instead walk in the freedom and understanding and the unction of the spirit so that we have such an understanding. So it's so amazing. God will give you such a divine strategy. He'll give you things that you had no idea about. In my prayer time, he gives me so much information that I would never have known. But because I inquired of him, he gave it to me. He wants to use you today. And I believe somebody that's been listening to this broadcast is getting set free of offense. If you've been walking around in offense, maybe that's why God had you listen to this today. I believe that you're meant to thrive. I believe that God's call on your life is a good call. His promise is a good promise. And he wants to free you up. He wants to break those chains today. Forgive. Let those things fall down. Walk in the freedom of God. Allow him to move in your life. I want to pray with you today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time today. And I just pray that anybody listening that's walking around offended, 
They wouldn't look to find something. What can I find on this person? What can I find on that person? But instead, you'd give them freedom because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Let this be a breakthrough day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. Freedom from offense. We've got to learn to be free of offense and walk around in the victory of Jesus Christ. He's called us for a time as this. It's no mistake that you're alive right now. Listen, if you want to find out more information like this or listen to more of the messages from Todd Coconado Ministries, you can go to toddcoconado.com or pastortodd.org. I bless you. I thank you so much for listening. I believe God's call on your life is important. It's real. His favor, his blessing is with you. He's going before you like he did with the children of Israel. He's got good things ahead for you. Receive that today in Jesus' name. Receive that today in Jesus' name. Again, you can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. We love you and we bless you, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast.